and welcome to a very special lockdown episode of Slash Dupe, the mysterious movie pitching podcast. With me, I have our co-host and producer, Dan. Hello. And our resident dupe and co-producer, Ryan. Hey, everyone. Uh, and I'm Sean, the co-host and creator of Slash Dupe. Um, I think it's probably worth noting, I mean, it's been a while since our last uh, recording, uh, since the, uh, both our last recording and the last thing that we uh, put out. Um, and I think it's probably worth noting why. I mean, uh, the lockdown's been interesting in the UK, particularly, um, and I have to be honest with you, I found it a struggle for the first couple of weeks. I did find it sort of difficult to find a, a balance and a rhythm. And I'm, I'm sort of fortunate enough to be <laughs> fortunate and unfortunate enough to be <laughs> locked down with a partner, with my fiance. Um, so at least I have company, which I, so I can only imagine what it, what it might, must be like if you're sort of locked down and isolated in a place where you're not able to see family and friends. Um, but that comes with its own set of challenges. And um, what's strange about it is that um, before the lockdown, um, and of course, we're in a very fortunate position. I'm, I'm very blessed um, that uh, my, my job remains um, and my family is safe and secure. Um, but I, I do think it's worth... Uh, noting that um, I, th I found it difficult when my routines change. So uh, despite the fact that it sounds uh, uh, from the outset that it's a fantastic thing to be off work and to be in, you know, given no reason to have to go out and see people and have to go to the pub and have to go and do things for me, um, <laughs> for a nerd like me, it's it sounds like heaven. But actually the routines change, you're, you're, there's lots of new anxieties that come into place. And I think that whilst I would have loved to have kept outputting uh, content at the same rate and we were really proud of what we were doing and really working hard to keep our deadlines and everything um, I feel like it just had to take a back seat while I think most of the country to be fair and most of the world just sort of readjusted to, to where we're now at yeah I fully agree and um, I was in a, a similar place I'm very lucky to be um, locked down with my family um, which again brings its own set of challenges in terms of um, constant um constant attention for my little one and um how you work the whole homeschooling thing um alongside everything else that's going on it does mean i get wonderful quality time with them which um actually i'm really grateful for um but for me also i was in the i'm in the creative industries and so obviously overnight all of my work disappeared which was extraordinarily scary and i know i'm not the only person that's had to sit through that and um and I've been very, very lucky that one of the colleges I teach at has allowed me to um, start online lessons with their students, which is going really, really well, mm. and has taken the um, has taken the sort of the anxiety away from keeping the roof over my head. Um, but for a few weeks, it was really scary, and I think, like you say, it's very hard to. Um, to prioritize everything's changed and it's trying to find a way through um and we're all doing as well as we can i think um and so yeah well, i've we we were talking about the fact that about a week and a half ago i had a slash dupe um mm. injection where obviously i was feeling <laughs> feeling high and we kind of contacted each other about that and then that sort of died to the wayside as I started this online <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And then I found a well of time to contact everyone and get busy, and then I found everybody else had dried up with it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that is everyone's um, cycle. Well, not everyone's, but um, a lot of people that I've spoken to mm. cycle, which is that you're allowed to feel productive a couple of days, and then you're allowed to just sit in your pants, eat hagen and wonder where the world's gone mm. for a couple of days. And I don't think either of those things are inherently wrong. No. Um... It's been really interesting seeing the output of a lot of creative people and um, or the interestingly the creativeness of people that might not have even dubbed themselves creative people Absolutely. beforehand yeah. within this lockdown. Um, really interesting. You can't buy a webcam or a um, decent microphone uh, <laughs> yeah. anymore because weights, everyone's streaming. Way, or either. <laughs> can't get resistance hold of bands are <laughs> yes, all in. Exactly. Resistance bands, that's the way. Um, so, yeah, and I think... I'm sad, like you, that we had to change. We had a really good thing going, really good uh, sort of Momentum. system going. Mm. We had really, yeah, it was really nice, and we were really enjoying that. And we just started going, mm. which I so I feel I feel sad for that in terms of us, but um, and and for our listeners who are obviously enjoying our work at that time. Mm. I hope, um, <laughs> and so it's nice to be doing something. I think 
um, and and finding a new a new way through for this. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, doing something. Um, yeah, I completely understand. I just miss the gym, man. I miss like pushing plates. I miss sort of, but there is a social aspect to it. I found myself in quite a weird position. I basically left my job back in you know December uh, of 2019. So I sort of got used to being at home um, before the lockdown sort of happened, and then picking up a couple of contracts here and there, and then those died out. So. I've adjusted quite well. I've sort of felt like I was already adjusted back in December, but, but the way that I've adjusted, and I think it's really important, I tell everybody this, is just be checking in with friends and family and having, if you have like a quiz or, you know, we as a group, we play Dungeons and Dragons together and that's once mm. a week. And it has made all of this so much more bearable to be able to have something to do and be able to join a community of people where you can just chat. And I think, Dan, as you said, can't buy a webcam, can't buy a mic because the content of like the memes and everything has been so good because we're all sort of banding together and letting the opportunity for something greater to come out. And it's just been fantastic. I think I've spoken to friends and family more in the last mm. eight weeks than I have in the last sort of eight months. So definitely. there's definitely positives from that. My nan's got to know all of her neighbours, and I'm not just talking about you know the one to the left or the one to the right or the ones that she's known for for sixty years. It's she's she's getting to know them all, and I'm getting to know them all when I sort of deliver her groceries from the doorstep. Um, so yeah, I think this is an incredibly unique time, and I think for anyone out there and ourselves included, it's okay to have a unique reaction, and whatever that reaction is to you, um, uh, it's it's sort of I think one of the key things for me is not to feel like there's anything wrong with you for how you feel because it's a unique time, Spot on. you know? Spot on. And so with that in mind, um, we, we thought very long and hard, um, because we had plenty of time to do so, um, <laughs> as to why we would bring Speak this back. Speak for yourself. <laughs> yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I don't have a kid, so um, plenty of time. Um, but, you know, we thought very long and hard as to why we would be bringing this back during the lockdown. You know, why, why would we be doing this? And, and I, for one, um, I get my news from a variety of different sources, but I don't get it from the news because I find that something that sort of stresses me out quite a lot. So I find it quite interesting. I get a little bit from the Internet. I get a little bit from my friends, a little bit from my family. And I sort, you sort of and some of the channels and, and some of the TV you watch, some of these late night satirists have sort of got some interesting content being delivered on YouTube now. Um, and you sort of piece it all together um, and you get an idea of what's going on. And I think there's sort of widespread, uh, there, there are lots of new terms being thrown out there. There's uh, lots of reasons to, you know, uh, lots of things for concern, uh, lots of phrases for concern, things that, you know, uh, might not have worried you before, worry you now. And I think for me, I wanted to uh, uh, to gain ownership over these phrases that we hear all the time. I wanted to gain, um, uh, uh, rid my fear and my anxiety of these phrases and, and these things that people say to you when they say to you just in passing because they've heard something on the news or they, they know something you don't about some information, they give it to you and it's, you know, I want to, uh, to love all of the things I hear. And, and I know that sounds like a strange thing, but uh, because what we do in SlashTube is we take a title and, we, uh, and somebody goes home and they explode it to how uh, their own worldview and who they are and they come back from their own you know in their own artistic influences and creative influences and they come back to us with something from their imagination that is not even remotely i mean if you've been listening it's not even remotely like what anyone else's ideas are like so i wanted to think about the millions of people that see these words everywhere in the news like isolation and what does that mean to them? They'll see that word and it will mean something different to them as it will to someone else. And it might engender comfort or it might engender anxiety. Um, so I thought for this special um, lockdown isolation episode um, of Slash Dupe, uh, the three of us could uh, have a, come together with a title each, which is slightly different to the format that we normally do, um, a different title that is a, a word that has been popular in the media associated with COVID-19 and the coronavirus. Um, and we could t take that word out of context and give it a new context, give it something that was, you know, maybe just allow us to, yes, we're isolated, but can we take the isolation and change it into something positive or something unique? And hopefully we can try and do that with three key words that we've heard um, in the media or seen in the media recently. Love it. 
So we're going to begin uh, our Slash Dupe uh, special lockdown episode with uh, something that we don't normally do, and I'm going to go first. Because I normally, <laughs> the reason why I normally go last, here's a bit of insider information for you, um, is that I go last because my idea is normally the worst, or I think it's probably the worst, and I don't do Slash Dupe so I can pitch my ideas. I just love hearing everybody else's ideas. You've heard my ideas, right? <laughs> they're bad but they're bad in an entertaining way mine are just <laughs> offensively bad that's what i'm more worried about so i do them last so we can cut them out if we if if they're glorious picture some other people and you can just get rid of mine um but this time i'm gonna go first and i'll tell you why i'm gonna go first because i have only the concept and i really mean the co- not it's not a log line it's just a concept yeah. and i'm hoping that everyone else can flesh it out for me so I don't know if it's worth giving everybody all of our titles now and letting them know what's coming up or whether we should leave it a mystery before um However before it each... goes, however you feel okay. it. I think each person should introduce their own. Okay, I think that's a good idea. Um, and I'm going to say that my title is Key Workers. So I've taken so we the didn't, phrase Key we Workers. We didn't know this either. Yes, yeah, so I didn't, tell you, I didn't yeah. tell you guys in case you wanted it instead of the ones I gave it. No, the ones we it's all good. So mine's key workers, and what I've decided, obviously, we know what key workers are. Um, they're all the people in the NHS, the people who are, I mean, our, my, our mailman. You know, I thank my mailman every day. He delivers the stuff. Like, sometimes it's stuff I don't need or don't want, but that's, you know. <laughs> um, but I thank him for delivering it because, like, you know, th- these things must go on. The the, the, the rubbish men, the, um, the, the shop workers, you know, mm-hmm. the sort of... Um, uh, it's it, uh, you know they're doing amazing work and and other key workers as well care homes and stuff like that the thing is some some of the things you don't normally hear about prison officers prison officers exactly yeah and my friend's mum's a prison officer and and the, they don't have a lot of the same sort of support that you would imagine that they have but they still have to be going uh, and doing their jobs um and tfl uh, and so on so key workers is a valuable uh, it, but it's a new phrase. It's something new. I mean, of course, we know these people are key workers. I mean, I would argue that people on the farms, of course, they're key workers as well. Farm workers are key workers. But it's a new phrase, the word key workers. I've never heard it before this pandemic. Um, but I thought, like, let me take this out of context. What is what is key workers if I saw this on Channel 4, let's say? Um, and it would be a post-pandemic um, comedy and it's key workers, but it's spelt Q U A Y. Love it, love it. Of course, <laughs> and it's of course, um, and it would be like an attempt at doing uh, a sitcom, but about all of the jobs that you would find on a key, right? Right. A sort of, um, uh, that, <laughs> and that's it. That's <laughs> I wanted it. to. Brilliant. I could have rambled, right? I was going to ramble. But you've left it there. You've left and it there. see if I could find some things in the depths of, you know, that f- when you get the fear and you realise you're talking and you don't have anything to say and you have a 50-50 <laughs> chance that you're going to pull out some gold or you might pull out some, some sludge. So I... So anyway, nice, I nice. Say, see what I you did there, sludge. Be, <laughs> I would say to begin with, but, uh, Dan and Sean, can you list as many key worker jobs that you might think would have happened on the, on the piers like, and on the keys? No. <laughs> yes which is exactly why Perfect. i left it hanging because i start, suddenly started to think well apart from the fact that um i thought of this a few days ago i haven't actually researched what the things you might find on a key <laughs> except that you have obviously you have the container ships come in don't you, you have the container ships you have about the, the kid that scrapes barnacles off the underneath of there you go there or like a do a creepy not creepy but like a um crackpot duo of like a father and a son that go and, and like take all the barnacles off the bottom of boats yeah, and stuff yes like a that. father son barnacle scraping team yeah yeah um, <laughs> so, so my wife's father owns hmm. a boat and right. so we have been Reflex, on the boat but okay yeah and that very very <laughs> humble brag, right? yeah humble brag when we talk <laughs> about boats uh, the Jenny Wren is a, a humble 30 footer I think or something it's a mm. beautiful mm. beautiful thing that's been handed down through the family but um it, it takes more work. They spend more time doing up the boat than they do sailing in the boat these days. Right. The maintenance and the keys. And so we've been to a couple of marinas with this boat. Mm. Um, the dream was when we were going to get married, when, is that we were going to do a boys' trip. Boys, lads, 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 lads. Yeah. On, the, <laughs> on the boat from Britain to Calais, go and buy yeah. all the wine for the wedding and then sail back. Yeah. Um, that was going to be the that was going to be the cool thing we never did. 
to be honest. Um, and um, so I've visited a couple of marinas and the marinas are all very different. So I wonder mm. whether there's something in that, whether we, it's one particular, so like airport, you know, where it's mm. all the, mm. the characters in mm. a small marina. So there's like shops and mm. toilets and then there's, yeah, like say the maintenance areas, the maintenance space, but there's all the people on the boats. So you, and there are a lot of people on those boats that just leave the boats in the marina and just mm. like sleep on it and do whatever. Yeah, exactly. And they'd be all from different walks of life and all the yeah. boats would be different as well, wouldn't they? And sort of what they go to do if the boats are for sailing for pleasure or sailing for profit or sailing for tourists or sailing to, you know, to or catch fish pirates. or something. Or pirates, <laughs> which have what? to be... Are we in the 1600s in this one? Or... <laughs> well, I'm sure no, the no. word pirate still applies to yeah, Somalia. Well, yeah, but... well, people that are just, you know, shift, shifty boat <laughs> owners. Can't, can't sit in Portsmouth myself, but... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But so Maybe I, I'm wrong. I mean, Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, so good. I'm glad. This has got more... Um, I'm going to say the word legs. There's not a pun in there, obviously, mm. to see legs. But this has more... There's not. There's not. Um, so what are we looking um, at genre-wise? Are we looking at um, sort of Little Britain end of ridiculous humour? Are we looking like... Uh, is it this country or our country, which are that that really cool? Well, ones. see, that's the other spectrum. That's that's a very very good show, isn't it? Sort of yeah. reaching off of the sort of you know the offices style sort of verite um, documentary style. So that, that I mean that's a great show. It's too good for this idea. The title. <laughs> that's too good for the title. <laughs> key workers, isn't it? Um, and on the other spectrum, I don't want to be discussing anything to the quality of Little Britain. So I think it falls somewhere. Have you seen Crashing by Phoebe Waller Bridge? So it's like. Well, if we're talking Phoebe Waller Bridge, it's already good, right? Well, you would think so. And listen, I'm not trying to slate Phoebe Waller Bridge, but and I'm not sure um, if Crashing came out before or after Fleabag, but they're very different shows, right? So I think so. Fleabag it does something different with the form. It plays around with with the fourth wall and and it sort of says something very strong about. I mean, I know Ten Fleabags like it's such a fantastic character like that had not you not really been seen yeah. before on TV, but you know you know men and women like like that. Um, Definitely, um, living in, in Buckinghamshire. Definitely. Um, uh, anyway, yeah. So, um, so, so, uh, Fleabag obviously has that sort of. Um, uh, obviously, it's as good as it is. But but Crashing is very different. Crashing um, is is set in a hospital, but it's like a sort of dilapidated hospital. The guardians, it's, living guardians. Yes, exactly. So they're, they're guardians that they they're paid to sort of. Um, or they, they charge cheap rent, cheap rent. to in order to look after yeah. a sort of building while it's in sort of But flux. the rule is they yeah. can kick you out at any point if they want to. Yes, yes. yeah. So it attracts a certain class and a certain type of people. And, and that makes for a good sitcom. But it's a very Channel 4 sitcom. So whilst... Um, so this is what I'm saying. I'm not saying anything disparaging against our new queen, future queen, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Of course, um, long may she reign. Um but uh, Fleabag is a very BBC comedy, very sort of like, you know, and, and then Crashing is a very Channel 4 sitcom. So I think they're very, very fundamentally different. So I think this falls on that side of things. Well, I sort of got the feeling like it was like that workaholic style comedy. That's, that's the way, like, an, a sort of a shorter ensemble cast that, of people that have different personalities. And then you get all the other characters around them. I like that. And that's possibly better. So it's more of like a slacker comedy. Yeah, I like that. Because, <laughs> I mean, think about the amount of people who um, took summer jobs working like lifeguards and, you know, doing those sort of things to for whatever reason. You know, you could have that similar thing. People go, a lot of people go sailing during the summer. So those jobs are seasonal. I know I've met a couple mm. of guys traveling who a guy works on an old tour ship and he goes sailing and then wherever he docks, he spends a month on holiday there. And mm. when they're ready to depart, he jumps back on the ship and then and then goes. So... You know, as you said, there's many it's different kinds of uh, pe people, and I sort of saw it focused around a group of like one summer of like a group of people, and that's when you get the sailors coming into the keys and everything. So, is it going to be a key of repute, like people that are like, of positive repute? People are going to go, oh wow, you've got to go to this place in Cornwall; it's beautiful. And or is it going to be some sort of dingy, rickety sort of um, harbour, and it's going to be sort of unappealing, but it's but it's the the people make it vibrant, or is it going to be a place that is interesting and beautiful and brings people is it in. a real place is it a, or are we are we creating this place i think if it's a real place it's more likely i mean if you were to see it in a tv show it's humor would come out of it being a real place wouldn't it like so the person who wrote it or made it 
would come would have come oh. from a key like that. Would okay. have been a place with a key like that. Okay, I've so, got... so it should be a real place, but I don't know any keys or anything in the country, so I can't really <laughs> weigh in on this. <laughs> I, I cannot... should have done a bit of research. I cannot remember her name, but it's it's the girl. It was the girl, um, the Greek comedian, English Greek comedian, with her brother, her yeah. and her brother, Demetriou. Yeah. So you could set it in the Greek islands and have those two as your main characters, boy and girl. Yes, they're both fantastic. She was in what we do in the shadows. Yes, TV the show English one recently, yeah. um, and he was in the was it White Gold? No, Stand Stanlet Flats. Stanlet Flats. Yeah, that was brilliant. And they're they're a brother sister. They are, but I haven't seen them do a lot of work together. But they're a brother sister uh, of Greek descent, right. um, and so that that would be interesting. Yeah, like a Greek. So it's key. a lot of people do go around the Greek islands when they sail. Interesting, and so but you it's have like a, a real key. ramshackled version. So they go there expecting the brochures show it being amazing. Love it. Come work but at this it's key. Not. It's a beautiful place, and they get there, and it's it's a rut party rundown. The family, place. the family, the family key. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here's another thing that's, that's going to make people way. think. Uh, I'm a different class than I am. My parents went on a Greek sailing holiday one summer. Oh, and right. they a bunch okay. of friends. She's like, I've, both sides of my family are <laughs> sailing. If you've ever met any of them, listeners, they on, they on, well, actually, my wife's side are very big sailors. Her grandpa was in the Navy and stuff like that. That's probably where that came from. But my mum yeah, and dad, yeah. not, not what you'd call typical sailors. Mm. Um, but they went on a Greek sailing holiday with... Um, one of their friends who was and it's amazing they go on these big fleets and stuff and they all stick together all the tourists stick together and they mm. pull up so there's the opportunity for a whole bunch of tourists to come around on this greek sailing island and maybe there's some kind of deal between the the keys owner and this sort mm. of this sailing guide like where you get some money for bringing all these tourists to the to the key maybe uh, she's the um the owner of the uh they're sort of the key or, or some sort of proprietor or something. I don't know how it works. Um, the matron of the key. Dockmaster. And yeah, something like that. And and he is the tour guide. So he would sort of pretend like he doesn't have anything to do with her when anyone else is around. Love it. And sort of pretend like they they don't know each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but when they they're together... But they do because they're <laughs> yeah, exactly. quite obviously looking Yeah, I love it. And they've got the same yeah, yeah. surname and everything. But the, yeah, And they yeah. even introduce themselves with the same surname, but they pretend that they don't. They pretend they don't know each oh, other. Oh, it's just one of those names in the island, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they blame like everybody for being racist when they yeah. think... Yeah, exactly. When they think that they're related. <laughs> Another bit of interesting, fun seafaring fact, that I, mm. one of my friends ended up being a um, actor for a immersive reality um, theatre piece that a big Russian person took out on one of his super yachts where for wow. a week and a half or two weeks they had to pretend to be vampires and they did like That's this whole wicked. interactive theatre so during the day they were like crew and they were just there helping with this stuff and then they'd turn into vampires at night and when they pulled up at various beaches or whatever and this Russian family like literally <laughs> paying for his friends and family to have this interactive vampire that's scenario. fantastic. Amazing. That's another level, isn't it? That's, yeah, it's brilliant. That's, I mean, and that's key workers gonna... after dark. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like Hollyoaks after like, dark. That's like <laughs> the web series. That's the web series that yes, gets made. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> when it's canned after one series, which it definitely will be. Yeah. I like... mean, that's the kind of thing that could happen, isn't it? Like we get these big things pull into the this slightly rickety, not well known, so that the Russian family don't get spotted. You know, pulling into yeah. when they're doing this interactive. It's like a big deal that it's going to happen, and it's. That's quite cool. I like that. And he gets a he's always wanted to be an actor, so he he gets a part in it. And yeah. he feels like but actually all they're making him do is like like you said about being deck crew is like they're just making him do all of the work and telling him that he's a big part and he's going to be a vampire in it or whatever. And really he's just going and he's just cheap labor for this for this yeah. you know this yacht or whatever. This, I mean the this voyage. The scene the scene and where he finds out afterwards. the scene where he finds out that is is when they send him to the galley and he has to cut garlic and he's like wait hold on a minute. <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he sort of turns to the camera and goes, hang on a minute, if I'm acting and as a vampire, why am I doing this? And he points the clothes of garlic up the screen. I love it. All right, so so it definitely has to have this documentary crew following Mm -hmm. them around, right? So we're going to lean into that. And now it's actually turned into a good comedy, I think. We've stepped up a little bit. I wanted it to be a terrible one, but I think actually, yeah, I think it's gone up a level. Um, Yeah, I I think that's fantastic. I love it. Um, So who who are other, other... um, actors, they're going to be. You've, you've worked out your leads. Are there going to be other reoccurring um, people and uh, characters, and who well, might play them? 
We're going to have um, Richard Awardy in it, obviously. Of course. Um, he's got to of be course. in it. It's not a real sitcom if, if he's not in no. it. No. And um, he's uh, and I can say this, being a person of interesting and mixed descent myself, but he is of interesting and mixed descent. <laughs> <laughs> I don't quite know from where. Um, I'm sure it's written down somewhere so on the internet. Joe Gilgan from um, Brassic, the sort of... I think he'd be oh, quite oh, good I as like his name. As, is he the Irish bloke. Yeah, yeah. As He's like a, a sort of as a sort of um, he could be like a holiday. You know the you know the people that like come back horrible orange because they spent all day mm-hmm. like the sort of expats. He could be like the expat living out there on the island and. You know, and that's how he gets to know people. And he's like a proper geezer. Yeah, he's been living there for a long, long time. And he's always talking about, like, sort of, he hates all the immigrants and stuff. And he's got that permanent glasses tan line. That (laughs) permanent glasses tan line. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. I like it. Yeah, he'd be good. He'd be really good. What about um, Simon Bird from The Inbetweeners as, like, the the woman's boyfriend? Yes. And he's just useless. Like, you know, one of these sort of just, not rude, just... Or aggressive, but just useless. You know, these people that you're like, well, why go out with them? Everything he does is just... Yeah, everything he yeah. does, yeah, is just bad. And you almost sort of don't know... I used to work with someone like this, but you don't know if they're doing it on purpose because they're so bad at everything. But when you confront them on it, they're sort of so... Almost like a bird has come in and tried to do a job, like a little robin redbreast has come <laughs> in to try and do a job. Of course it's not going to know what it's doing. It doesn't know what a computer is. It's just floating around. So you can't really be mad at it. But you're, not, you're just not quite sure why it's so bad at everything. Yeah, that's that's yeah. brilliant. Love it. Yeah, that's a great character to have as a as a boyfriend, and especially the, if she's would... quite fierce and, and able to like yeah. she's she's holding it together because the brother is just sure. a chancer, desperately trying to make some money out of trying you know, to get like... a different job every time someone new comes to the exactly. key. <laughs> trying to get <laughs> she's trying to jump ship, literally. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, definitely. And she's like, it's a family business, and like she's inherited it from their dad, and like. Is Dad still alive? Is he just older now and like he's just passed it on? Does he now, come my down... only problem with him being alive is that um, he's alive in sta- staff. It's staff. Staff lets flats. He's alive in that, and he's based on their real dad. They're you know they they right. very strongly, very sort of strictly Greek dad, whereas they're quite English, you know, okay, um, quite British. Uh, but so I do I wouldn't want to lean okay, on that so too he's, hard. He's not alive in this, but maybe the mum is, and she keeps coming down and bemoaning how. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's not running as well as it should, and she's what? like, and then every time she remembers her dad, she like bursts into tears because she's still grieving for. It's been ten years, mum. Do you know what I mean? That kind of thing. And she's yeah, like, yeah, she, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and she's, she's with her new grieving. husband. She's with her new yeah, husband, yeah. but she's <laughs> always crying. Yeah, and and he's always awkward about it because he doesn't yeah. really know. Every time she's so sad, you can just see him go through a complex range of emotions. So on, on the flip, on, yeah. on the flip side of that, the reluctant landlord, which is um, mm. oh, I can't remember his name, Ramesh. Ramesh yeah, Ramesh Ranganathan's TV show, sort of loosely based on his life as well, and that it has that dynamic where the, his dad isn't there, and the mum always comes along, and and she is like a caricature of his actual yeah. mum. Yeah. So it's sort of weird that the two different shows split that, but it works well in both of them or, or we just eschew that and we have um, we, we have just a very very business. old like the only person remaining in the family is like a great great grandparent that they don't even know if they're related to them because they, they, they can't speak to them properly because they're so old they're like a, they, they, and they don't know how old the person is so they're like well we think she's 120 but we don't know um, and they didn't she won't like they don't ever really know she's always just around this grandma or this great great grandma and none of the rest of the family is and they sort of don't explain why they're just like it's just the great great grandma how old is she she doesn't talk but she's very intelligent you know these old people that again maybe it's something about these people that like they know everything that's going on, but they know that by just you know um, you know pulling back a bit and, and and maybe pushing on the I'm old I can't do anything yeah. then life is so much easier for them. Um, I'm looking forward to that stage in life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, I'm not quite sure whether the brother and their boyfriend would get along because I want to again I always like to think well you have the traditional sitcom dynamic but then how can you make that either perhaps more realistic like what would actually happen if you got this. Mm-hmm incredibly sort of I think you'd almost want to take this chancer who you think is also a little dense you know in his in his way but when you put that next to someone who's 
incredibly like lost like a lost soul like it's yeah. like this sort of she shouldn't even be in a human body then that dynamic could actually be quite interesting like he's trying to take him under his wing constantly trying to make him the boyfriend instead of being like oh i hate your boyfriend yeah he's trying to make him the boyfriend that he knows his sister, sister needs. needs yeah i like that or so that's their dynamic or one of them yeah. needs yeah yeah i like that that's good that's a good dynamic and when is this showing what what time of the week is is it is it a weekly thing? Is it? I think. Do you remember a show called? It was. It's called Lovesick now, which is on Netflix because Netflix sort of buys some of the wayward TV shows. It, but it, when it was on Channel Four, it was called. And this is probably, and I'll be honest with you, the greatest title. This would. Be, I wish that we'd had this for Slash Tube. It's called. Uh, let me tell you the the premise first. Um, it's about a guy who. Now I can't remember the premise exactly. It's about a guy who has a sexually transmitted disease that's not serious. But it can be serious for women if it's, uh, uh, you know, sort of left unchecked. So he has to go through his sexual history and contact each of his previous girlfriends. And in doing so, you get a cool sort of flashback to their relationship and why it failed. And he learns that it's his fault for most of them and he grows as a, as a, as a person. But the title is called Scrotal Recall. Amazing. Which is probably just the best. Amazing. I mean, it's just, it's just the, the best title. And then they changed it for, for, for uh, Netflix. But I think it's that sort of show that hinges on a load of great ideas. But Channel 4 puts it out at nine o'clock at night, doesn't promote it. And then it, it, you find a, it. That's a prime time slot at nine o'clock, man. I guess so. On a Monday then. And okay, then yeah, they, nine o'clock on a Monday, and then they don't promote it properly, and it doesn't go onto E4 the way it should, or not E4, um, 4OD the way it should. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Netflix pick it up, and and it doesn't even garner enough success then to get a second season. That's when it right. gets a web series. Love it. But yeah, I, I think it. it's sort of an unusual time slot where you right. you know where they try and bury it a little bit. But everybody who watches it knows it's got potential. You know, they yeah, got all so Yeah, one of those loved hits that never never quite took off. And yeah. it's a cult classic. Cult classic. Yeah. Yeah, so that's my uh, idea for. Or I, I would say it's mine, but we've had three wonderful anecdotes from Dan about uh, seafaring. <laughs> Who knew? And, <laughs> Who knew? And the rest of it is basically everybody else's ideas about elevating the material for key workers. But that's the, that's the slash dupe uh, collective idea uh, for key workers. Uh, brilliant I'm, I'm, absolutely I'm, brilliant i wasn't proud of it when i uh you know came up with with the concept yesterday um but i'm incredibly proud of it now i'm quite happy and and now's a, also a good time to note that uh we're not going to i'm not going to um be a moderator because obviously it's unfair but <laughs> because i picked my idea um <laughs> but uh no i, I wouldn't i'm not going to moderate uh, or, or pick a winner or anything to go forward and and um uh, that's probably the best thing to do but we would, we'll leave it open to, we've got a Reddit um, and we've got a Twitter that we follow uh, and we're on there quite regularly, especially now. And we're happy to, to chat to anyone uh, who wants to, to log on. And we've got a Facebook group as well. Uh, and we will leave it to anyone who is listening to give us their votes. And also, if you think about it, if you jump on and vote somewhere, let's be honest, probably only going to get two or three votes. So yours is probably going to be quite a significant vote. Yeah, you know, if you're the only person of the votes, vote, you're going to do well. And we'll name and shame you for picking the worst of three <laughs> terrible ideas. <laughs> now people aren't going to vote anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we'd, we'd love a bit of interaction. I mean, we're all, we're all in lockdown, we're all isolated, so let's, let's get a bit of conversation going. So tell us your winner at the end of this. Um, jump online and um, we'd, be, we'd be happy to discuss it at the start of the next recording. The word that Sean gave me uh, to do with the keywords of these uh, pandemic was social distancing, which I think is quite a tough one. Um, and surprisingly, you know, unsurprisingly, maybe I've sort of got it yesterday and I, I've drawn loads of notes. So I'm sort of it's a new ground for me to actually be given a title ahead of time, seeing as I've duped all the other ones. And it's going to be quite interesting to go through this. But social distancing. This, this is why we give you the dupe, Ryan. Because otherwise you show us all up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, with your wealth of research and prep, which we don't do any of. (laughs) Uh, Well, thank you very much. So I came up with the idea of Social Distancing, a film set in in New York. And it's going to be centred around a woman who all her life um, 
has been part of many, many different social clubs. So I'm talking like LARPing, book club, pole attack, you know, yoga, aerobics, singing, anything you think you can do an after work activity. And this woman's life is loaded with it. So she literally, and this probably is because when she was a kid, she was like a pageant kid. And then when she went to school, she was in the book club and um, what's the sort of year, yearbook club. And then when she went to college, she was did all these things. So she all her life. And because of that, so that when I went to uni, the people who did best coming straight out of uni were the ones who didn't go out partying and drinking, were the ones who took summer jobs, who volunteered so that they built up three years worth of basic mm. experience on their CV and then came Basically who didn't enjoy university. <laughs> yeah. I didn't do either. I didn't, I didn't go out partying and drinking. You and sat I didn't in your room playing Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. I did, isn't it? But it's paying off now, you know, uh, with the remake. <laughs> <laughs> So she, and so because of that, you know, she's probably got herself a very high profile job at fresh out of college, um, probably like facilities management. Um, I think that is that sort of, so yeah, she's so, and in, in all of these clubs, she's like the treasurer and the buyer and the person that arranges everything. Mm-hmm. And her schedule is literally, you know, like get up, brush teeth, take this train, da, 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 you know, it's like every single minute of her life is planned out, but she likes it that way. It's it's not like she's doing it because of some sort of thing. And she loves being in all these different social clubs. Um, I think it would be interesting so what, what I was thinking is we've got such reliance, you know, I'm going to call you out on this, Sean, but mm-hmm. Sean's got about seven different calendar apps, mm-hmm. you know, everything's in there. And, and, and I actually do it now. I put everything in my phone. Whenever someone says something, I don't write in a paper calendar or anything like that. Everything's in my phone. Um, when going on directions, Dan, do you even have an A to Z in your car anymore? Not anymore, no. <laughs> because we've just got Google Maps, you know, you don't need to learn roads and learn sort of ways around, even walking in the streets, you know, in London. So... I like the idea of this woman, you know, she does really enjoy her life, but she, one day, I don't know how, but she, maybe her phone either just completely stops working mm. or it gets knocked into like, she's at a subway platform and it gets knocked and it, it smashes or yeah. train runs over or something like that. Her entire life is in that phone. Yeah, and maybe she has a quick, can I just throw in there, maybe she has a quick decision to make. It's either get the phone or do something else. And it's almost like a sliding door scenario. The, the, the choice to leave the phone to be destroyed is, while a difficult one, allows her to choose a secondary option. Well, it's what, so I think want it to happen. I didn't want it to be like, oh, a woman gets robbed or something like that, mm. you know? And I, maybe you like the idea of the phone just, ooh, like it's some kind of supernatural force mm. or something like that. The Chinese are using the 5G masks of course, yeah. to, uh, <laughs> to destroy <laughs> the, the, the The idea of sort of maybe, <laughs> maybe just getting bumped and it falling as the train's sort of coming by. So she doesn't have the opportunity. And okay. maybe so, so when she does that, she then, um, she breaks down crying because her entire life, mm. everything, every single club where she has to go, everything that is on that phone. And this other woman, um, I've written the zany one, but I don't think that's really a term that anyone uses anymore. Zany really. is a very 90s no, yeah. phrase, isn't it? Yeah. It really is, isn't it? But that is the sort of other... So she starts crying on the platform mm. and the zany one um, comes and consoles her and is like, hey, you know, you're doing okay, what's wrong? She says, smash the phone. You know, I've got to go to my, this class or whatever. And she goes, oh, I know where that is, I'll take you. And so mm. they get on the train and then the train gets delayed as well. So she can't actually mm. make the club. And, you know, she's like, well, I don't know how to get home because she's, her entire life, her entire reliance has been on this device on mm. the phone. Um, that she's like, well, I'll take you. And we sort of have like a beginning of a friendship, a sort of, of like two chalk and cheese sort of people, one that's incredibly busy at ranging and one that is just like, you know, a, like a flower girl. There, yeah. Back, and, yeah. you know, I think basically what they do is they, on their way home, she takes her home and she explains to her, like we sort of have a supercar of her going like, and I do this club, and I do that club, and I do this, and I do that, and I do this, you know, where they're like... And the other, she's like, what do you do after work? She's like, oh, I just sort of, you know, I live life. I just go with the flow, you know? Mm. It doesn't actually thingy. And I think she says to her, look, maybe it's a good thing that your phone is gone. Like, maybe it's a good thing. And then just as she's about to go, she goes, oh, no, um, I don't know how to get to work. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so this girl's like, well, look, I'll meet you here tomorrow morning and I'll take you to work. And she's like, cool. So then this is where her life, like, begins to... So she, like, hasn't got a phone, hasn't got an alarm, doesn't wake up on time, mm, doesn't, like, check the style blogs to see what she should be wearing that day. You know, it's all crazy. Runs downstairs and the, you know, the, the flowery girl is there. And she's like, why didn't you wake me up? She's like, no, I thought you needed a lion, right? Takes her to work. And then, for some reason, her building's being, like fumigated or something like that she's a facilities manager she'd have known that but because she never had a phone to remind her but there's a positive outcome to that somehow. right so she's like 
So she says to this other woman, she, well, she's got the rest of the week off. And, so this, and then they go to, like, the Apple store or whatever, mm-hmm. and there's a new phone being launched. So they can't actually, because the queue's around the corner. Yeah, sure. they can't, you can't, I can't get you another phone for another week, basically, yeah. right? Yeah, she's yeah. like, so the other girl's like, well, look, why don't you, you, like, you don't need any of those clubs, any of those social clubs. Like, they can run themselves. Why don't you live a life, mm. why don't you walk a mile in my shoes? Maybe she gives her her shoes or something stupid <laughs> like that. She's like, why don't we just, like you know just live like me we'll hang out we'll experience the world in a way that you've never seen before because it's not all regimented Mm -hmm. and basically if you hate it i will join every single one of the clubs that you are part of interesting or if you if you want to see in life my way yeah and it's just about the sort of the way that they they do stuff together so they'll just you know go to the park and i think it's the fact that she has the skills that she's got from going to all these clubs to the Ada in real in real life, they go to a karaoke bar and she like absolutely smashes it, like puts on the showmanship because she's in the singing class and from that she like knows the songs. Mm. Everyone really loves her, you know. Like, plays- but she's only ever done sort of regimented singing before, right? In the club, yeah. So it's very yeah. regimented. It's very sort of and the dancing and her dancing is so like it's all to routine and so the girls very like flowy about but it and doing it like at the karaoke. Yeah. She like just yeah. but she's been learning these skills and never actually yes. seen the. She's never actually had to put them into yeah, just practice. doing all of these. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just the doing, doing yeah. and things like yeah. you know someone's preaching in a park and then she's just like, well, actually, hold on a minute, what you're saying is wrong. And because she's read it in book club, like you know, you know, someone's explaining why Machiavelli's the mm. greatest person in the world, and she's mm. like, no, because of this, like that, and you know, she gets all of these, all of the skills that she's learned. You know, like plays ultimate frisbee because she's really athletic because of all mm. the yoga and stuff like that. Like, and I think just the idea of her, sort of actually sort of beginning to like live her life, not having to worry about work because mm. you know, it's getting fumigated and all that stuff. And just sort of realizing that all these sort of skills that you learn, you can shovel yourself in loads of social clubs, but you need to, you can't be that regimented about your life. Starts waking up later. It's yeah. sort of like a mix between I love you man and that bit like stranger than fiction mm. as well. I think the second time where you sort of like d- disconnect from the path that you think that you've set yeah. for yourself or that has been set mm-hmm. for you. And I, I uh, like the idea of, um, sort of one time she's expecting the sort of she's expecting the the flowery girl to uh like appear at her door and when she answers her, her intercom it's one of every person from all the social groups she's in <laughs> like so there's like i don't know like someone in the knitting group in the book club like someone dressed like a viking for the larping club and they're all at her door and they're, and she's just like she comes downstairs and they're all like where are you we thought you were dead all this stuff blah, blah, blah. and she just sort like of that. she just sort of stops them all she's like listen like i've i've understood how i'm not gonna do it so one way or another, I'm going to basically... She's like, you know, Jeff, you're going to be the new, you know, raiding party leader of, of the barbarians. And you, Sarah, you're going to do mm. this. And she basically sort of hands off all her responsibilities yeah. off to people. So when we and see then, the, club at the clubs at the start, you see how there are people who are equally talented and equally driven as she is, but, like, just not able... Right. Perhaps there are a lot of people... I was reading a book recently called Quiet... Um, about uh, introverts and it's a really fascinating book about you know how those people are often the people who stay quiet and receive information not necessarily all quiet people but uh, um, certain introverts um, when they're listened to are more powerful because they've taken in more information instead of just delivering information so it's so yeah so I think there there are these people in her clubs that she yeah then passes the torch on to yeah and she's sort of given all that when she's given all the speech and then she sees like the other girl there and then they sort of they're like well what are you going to do and she's just like I'm just going to go with the flow. And that's sort of like the nice sort of ending moment. And I don't really want this to be like... Okay, listen, um, it has to be called... Now it has to be called Go With The Flow, and it's F-L-O, and the girl with the flowery hair is called Flow. Okay. You know what I mean? And uh, <laughs> plot twist, the flowery girl ends up being the CEO of the company that she's in. Yeah. Well, I, I was... So I've, I've written something like that, like she is... Well, she's is, the CEO of a big company that wants to bring her on. A massive company. It's yeah. like... Yeah, yeah. Well, I just... Yeah, I, I have written that down. That I like. They're just idea. about to merge yeah. her with. Yeah, exactly. And then she's just someone that... Yeah. You know, she's just someone that sort of is, is taking in. And I don't want this to be a sort of film that's like, oh my God, I'm in my 30s. Like, I've lost out on everything because I've, my life's been so regimented. Like, no, it's not. Like, some people yeah. are really happy, you know, just sort of living life. They don't have to live by some sort of... Code Do you know the crux the for me that, that I find makes it the unique it, as what you're saying? You don't want it to be too cliche. Is that is that they? Um, it's that the skills that she's learning, she's not utilizing and not showing to other people in the real world. And I think that's all. Yeah, and that's the the loss, yeah. isn't it? That's something that I haven't not, seen. It's before. not that she's doing it. Yeah, yeah, she's not sharing it. And I know. I mean, I have a friend of mine, dear friend, who collects 
uh, skills, I suppose you could call them, right? It's not even collecting hobbies, it's collecting skills. So she'll get very skilled at something, but then it, before she has time to really sort of, I don't know, show that to anyone or prove it to anyone or even to master it, she'll move to another skill. And I feel like that sort of, there's, I mean, it, she's very happy, but I feel like that sort of, in this film, you could you could utilise the aspect of, well, um, sometimes it's wonderful to share those things, those like, skills that you've learned. Like Rachel Weisz mm-hmm. in uh, Brothers Blue. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah. I'm getting those vibes, definitely. And are we looking at, um, like, bridesmaids kind of area in terms of not necessarily casting, but in writers and in terms of um, style? Yeah. Or are so we going, like, I've Devil Wears got, Prada? Well, sort actually, of? I've got Nancy Myers down as a director. Mm. Um, you know, did the intern and sort of that. And I like that sort of, you know, bright pastel colours, New York, that sort of thing, that sort of summer vibe to it. Um, I can't remember, what's, what's the one with the girl from Fifty Shades of Grey where she moves to New York? Like that sort of mm. stuff. So I've got Nancy Myers down. I've got Brigger Heelan as the sort of the main, as Flo, let's call her Flo. So what, what has she been in? Cause I don't, so I don't Brigger Heelan, she, she was in a TV series called Great News. She was in Love. Um, she played like the one that, the one from the witchy from the witches um, in the first season. She was right, one right. of the witches that he sleeps with. But she's she's sort of quite good. She she strikes a, like a line between being like quite commanding but being quite funny as well. Mm-hmm. Quite of like a physical comedy What's her person. Name? Brigger, Brigger Helen. Brigger Helen. And I think to play the other girl, um, the main character, to play the to play the other girl, um, I've got Miel Bredo. So. She is, she's a podcaster, but she was a Vine star, basically. But she's sort of got this real good energy about her. It's really sort of cool, floaty New York energy about her. Um, she produced Euphoria, the TV ser- okay. series. All right. She's sort of, like, quite in touch, quite young. So but... so, so she'll, she'll be able to deviate from the strict sort of Nancy Myers sort of formula to bring a little bit of an edge to it that elevates it slightly. A bit of Zuma to it. Yeah. Yeah, bring a bit of Zuma to it. But she, and that's, that I sort of like... The idea of that casting, you know, I think well, we've it's... We've got to have the girl from Euphoria in it, the one from, you know, Zendaya. Got to have her in it. Yeah. Zendaya, however you want to pronounce it. And you've got to have the girl from... I watched 8th um, grade the other day, Bo Burnham's 8th grade, and she is absolutely stunning as, a, as an actress. She's phenomenal. So if you need a young character in there, a young actress in there, you've got to have her. I think I think the end of it, how I sort of saw the end of the film, it was like, she, she has... She does, like, when she gets her phone back... Um, like in the post, she opens up, you know, does the transfer and she's got like loads of messages, all this stuff. And she's like going to delete them. And she's like, no, actually, that's stupid. Like, I'm not going to do that. So she spends all night, she reads them all and she gets like a big chart and she marks off basically the social things that she doesn't, you know, can spend some free time. You know, she like goes to the club mm-hmm. at one point and where they're dancing for that meets a guy, goes back. So she gets to date him and like she gets that. She, she maybe picks up some other sort of, um, maybe she does like pottery with mm-hmm. this other girl. Can so I they also start throw to, in like, that get I, skills I think that she should find a way to merge. So the clubs are also very acerbic. Some of them are very small and some of them are very segregated. So when they all come to her door, one of the outputs to that is that she manages to combine a few clubs. So there's like the That's LARPing true. pottery club or the... Larping pole dancing. Exactly, the larping pole dancing club. Exactly. Yeah. So that's um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? That's a great so idea. So she, karaoke so... and you know something pole vaulting club. You know. <laughs> but I think I like the idea of that and that being a sort of the idea of maybe letting go of technology, uh, letting go because it's it's you know also our reliance of using your phone for everything. You know, yeah. not writing stuff down. Sure, sort of being sure. a, And being able to, you know, what's the what's the like stop and smell the roses. You know, mm. sometimes you do have to just sort of step away from it all or be able to just do something that you can go like, you know what, you know what, yeah. f- fuck it, I'm going to, the amount of times I've just been like, actually, you know what, mate, I will come to your gig tonight or, yeah, actually, you're mm-hmm. going to a club tonight, Mark, for hang around with you. I've met, I've met, I hung out with people on nights out when all my friends have gone home yeah. and I've just met some people and I've been like, do you guys mind if I hang with you? And I've had amazing nights yeah, and stories with them and you make new build friends. Yeah, you sometimes sort of build, like, building a false structure or sort of, or structures that you don't sort of need to adhere to exactly. I feel like mm. we can fall into the traps of that, I think, definitely. Um, Very appropriate for this current time yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely um, yeah, definitely I thought of maybe I thought of trailer music I thought of some trailer music um, which would be it would definitely be like an upbeat version of Chasing Cars by mm-hmm. um, Snow Patrol just because at the end you'd have like the bit where it's like um, 
If you lie Don't with, sing it, remember. No, no, I'm not going to. If you lie with me and just look at the world, and then it'll be like, social distancing. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it would have that bit of sort of letting go and the jump cuts of all that. Um, and definitely a poster would be two calendars side by side, one with writing yeah, all over it. that's a great like, poster. Like, you know, like yeah. 8am, 9am, yeah. that, all, all the stuff, like a full mm, calendar. Like and love then, life. And that. the next one, literally, I've written love life, just yeah. written across the whole of the month. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's great. That's great. That's worth Love that's it. worth the entire pitch. And I think okay, just as you're talking, the main character is called uh, Flo. Flo. The the flowery character is called Rose. So if you wanted to go with the title, smell the, smell roses. the roses, or if you wanted to go with go the title, with go with the flow, because you know these things change in different Perfect. territories. So you have the freedom to do it. There we go. And that's the sort of because it's not really social distancing about getting about staying away from people, but it's just sort of maybe taking a step back for yourself mm. and living yourself, and then you know being able to let others flourish around you as well. Yeah, that's a genuinely great idea. Brilliant. And much better. We should give you more time to come up with your <laughs> ideas, actually, I think. You're hoisted by your own petard. <laughs> dupe no longer. I no, I love being the dupe. <laughs> but yeah, thanks, Ryan. That's, that's, that was a great idea. Thank you. Okay, so you gave me the hashtag lockdown which was um, the classic, the classic. <laughs> and uh, Ryan got really sad when I jumped up and grabbed mm. that one. Because um, there's so many obvious things, isn't there? Like a prison lockdown or um, even... But I wanted to try and get away from our current situation, the idea of locking down being sort of clamped in and, and that sort of claustrophobic feeling. So I, um, I played in my head with a couple of puns or whatever, and I thought maybe what about locks, as in... Scottish locks, mm. and uh, turns out there's actually a lock called Loch Doon, yeah. and I <laughs> kid you not, brilliant. <laughs> so the title of this film is Loch Doon, and it stars David Tennant and Imelda Staunton. Mm-hmm. Great cast. Of course it does. Yeah, of course it does, and it's a story about a grandson taking his grandmother back to Loch Doon, and it's kind of a character um, character film where, where we're uh, analysing there. Mm. So it's a little bit more serious, I think, than, than our last two. Mm. Um, but I think maybe, as I was thinking, thinking through Ryan's, I can see how his head works in the dupe thing, um, is that maybe, he, maybe he's not biologically related to the grandmother. Mm. Or at least we find this out. So that maybe he's Scottish, but she isn't, if that mm, makes any sense. Interesting, okay. And he's taking her back to Loch Doon, or maybe she's Scottish and he isn't, or he or by, mm, by mm. Um, genetics or whatever. And they're going back to find, like, a family tree type thing. I don't know. That's, that's all I've got. Actually, yesterday, all I had was lock down i didn't even know there was a dune so <laughs> lockdown and it had Imelda staunton and david tennant and that was it yeah yeah um but well, i like the idea of sort of these big expansive shots and like just a real quiet film mm. do you know what i mean it's, yes i know what you mean i mean it's sort of i'm getting philomena vibes purely because i think that was quite a sensitive sort of film wasn't it with like some nice sort of uh uh, sort of, uh, it allowed the character to breathe. I think in that film, and mm. I, I'm, I'm, I sort of secretly like the idea of one of them knowing explicitly that the other one's not related directly, and, and the other person knowing but not telling the other person. So if that makes yeah. sense, it's like when the reveal occurs, the other person who is supposed to have not known says, "Well, yeah, I mean, I, I did know that, but that doesn't matter." You know, this sort of idea yeah, of. I've- you know. Yeah, and maybe it's this family lie that the grandmother's been... Maybe she's taking him. Maybe mm. she's taking him towards sort of the... Maybe it's where she's going to retire or to settle down towards the sort of... The, the ender years of her life mm. where she's, like, starting to slow down and enjoy herself. And, um, yeah, and maybe she's... They've lived with this lie that he's adopted or something like that. But he kind of knows and... and yeah. Or at least suspected. Yeah, and when and it's, it's not, revealed, and it's, it's and, not and it a big doesn't deal. bother him. Yeah, yeah, it's a big deal for her. That's why she's yeah. got him yeah. specifically to take him up. Can and I... they learn so much about it. But mm. it, yeah, it, it's not a big deal. Mm. Can I make a suggestion? Well, there's a lot of these um, 
like ancestry loo, a lot of these DNA things where you put a swab in your mouth and you send it off. Mm. Uh, 23andMe, I think, is one of them, not sponsor. Um, <laughs> Yet. And, but, so it, it connects you <laughs> with people that it thinks are your third and fourth cousin and whatever like that. So it's all based on the DNA profiles. There's also, I think they found like um, a serial killer through it as well, which is quite interesting because mm. uh, of DNA matching. But, they, but maybe that's one of these things. Someone does it and they get, uh, maybe she was an estranged child from the family or um, something like that. Uh, and that's why she has been taken back to Loch Dune because it's, um, because it's like there's a manor there or something or, you know, she, that's where her family's ancestral home is or something like that. And that's where, that's why they're being taken. And it's originally found out because someone buys her one of these DNA kits or someone does one and or something and it turns out that actually this is what her lineage is and she never knew it because she was taken away from that family mm. when she was young. Yeah, yeah. There are lots of routes to oh, go so, so we're ostensibly going there because she's taking this DNA test and we're going to go and find out about her lineage mm. and he's going with her to take her and she's happy that he's coming because they're part of the same lineage but there's also this thing that he actually isn't part of this lineage mm. but he's okay with that do you know what i mean mm. and maybe you know she bequeaths the the deeds to this house to him by the end of it and whatever and it becomes no longer that manner name it becomes his name do you know what i mean yeah I yeah yeah i like it i like it and i think it's sort of did you have we done any um googling on lock dune what does it what what does it sort of should we all furiously Google it's quite, it? Yeah, listen, no, it's actually quite a big, big body of water. There'll be the sounds um, of Googling as we do this. And also yeah, probably but it's the down, sounds as, of... As far as I remember, it's, it's a little bit below Glasgow, sort of Dumfries, just out towards the southwest of... Oh, it's lovely. Um, and there's a lovely castle, apparently, as well, like a castle, like an old sort of dilapidated Yeah, so it's in Carrick. So, and it's, it, it looks like a beautiful place to, to film as yeah, well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and there would be, I imagine there would be other peripheral characters, but it's it's ostensibly a two-hander for, mm. for the entire film. Sure, and sure. a real chance for both of those titans to, like, get their teeth into it. I watched Upright recently, which is uh, with Tim, Tim Minchin, and, you know, it gets a similar thing. It's the two of them travelling across uh, Australia for their reason, but it's, you're right, there are a lot of people who come in at roadside cafes at people camping, so you can have that similar thing, as you're saying, with as they're making the trip up. I assume they'd probably be coming up from somewhere down south, probably on the south coast maybe, so it makes it like a nice long journey, mm. um, probably Brighton, and... Being able to meet all those people in all those little places, you know, the uh, I assume when they get to locked in, they'll be like the old the old boy fishing who's been fishing here for loads of years or whatever, and um, you know knows the family name or something like that. You know, you get the your gas station workers and your eighties hoodlums. I'm, yeah, I'm I'm just imagining them <laughs> going on walks just throughout oh, okay. the sort of the highlands and and their interaction and maybe their talk about their 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 family history and like maybe the parents aren't alive anymore maybe mm. he's she's his only surviving relation mm. on that side of the family and and they she talks about her daughter um then they're running around lock dune which who is his mother mm. we, we you know and i did air quotes again for anyone obviously because <laughs> we're on zoom um and so there's all of that, but as we're going through the family history and her memories, which she's trying to relive, mm. um, you know, as as we're getting towards the the twilight years of our life, we like to remind ourselves and actually pass those stories on. And he's really willing to hear those stories mm. because he never really heard them about his parents. Mm. Um, but she keeps having to edit it ever so slightly, <laughs> so that so that he doesn't this she keeps the clues away from him if that makes any sense yeah or she doesn't every now and again there's a thing and she catches herself and do you know what i mean and then he can tell her stories about his mother who she may have fallen out from mm. i don't know it feels like it's a a character duologue of yeah epic proportions of just just stories but you also let like in many ways you can also let the landscape do the talking like i find like it's very you find these films that come out every so often and they're very you know they obviously have lots of great dialogue and actors in it but just a look or the distance between them 
or the background yeah. where they have a conversation. That's everything empowers the the, the dialogue, not just what Absolutely. they're saying, right? Absolutely, yeah, I understand yeah. what you're saying. What about they? She wants to make a lap around the lock, and then around as they're walking, they get to tell stories. They get to meet different people. You know, I mean, we don't. I don't know how it's laid out, but you know, you could have a little country pub somewhere. I said, "Old oh boy, fishing." Um, you know, when I when I was when I went hiking in the U.S., everybody loves to stop for a chat. Everybody, and mm, you know, finding mm. out that we we're English and they wanted to chat more, and you yeah. know, we ended up chatting to a guy who um, whose family were English and lived in a town not far from from Oxford, where my friend lives. Yeah, yeah. You know, so just um, you know, didn't didn't know, didn't have that family connection, but it just was that close. And you think, you know, you're so many years away, age years away, and distance away. Yeah, and you have that connection. So what I find interesting, mm. so so. Um, that's fascinating because that's very emblematic of America as well, particularly. Yeah. And what I think is sort of quite interesting about Scotland is the sparsity is almost the opposite of that, isn't it? So it's like you, we have our Bob Disposal film for anyone who's long-time listeners. Oh. <laughs> robbed. Um, I was robbed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, from, from and in Bob Disposal you have that because that's across America, the journey, mm -hmm. road trip across America, and you have lots of different personalities interacting. Mm. But, but I can see this being a film that's very, very personal between two people and very solitary. Yeah. Okay. Um, and particularly being in, I mean, A Lap Around the Lock is a fantastic, fantastic idea and i like that I love be the that. third act or, or or the end of the second act or something and this one every part of the lock is different from a different perspective and i think that's wonderful um but they've meet very few people or, or, or when you do meet people it's just a very you know a curt nod or a or a polite sort of uh, wave of the hand and that's enough mm. of a dialogue between people in the sticks you know people who want their solitude because that's why they're there um so i feel like you can do something different with this film definitely you can have the types of conversations that you feel you want in the film but you can have them in a way that is without words and i know that sounds a bit pompous yeah. but you can no i really no i really like that the idea of it being shot in the highlands was that it gives us this sort of solitude this this space okay. this vast mm. expanse and that that is you know that is shown in them so maybe there's the vast expanse between them but as we get towards the end like you say they walk in closer mm. to each other we're finding more intimate places to shoot that which then goes in that third act the whole lap of the lock which expands out again mm. because they're encompassing their entire family or their mm. their lineage and so what have you i really like that and what i love about i mean i was thinking um i, I visited my nan the other day obviously with a six foot uh, two meter sort of <laughs> radius around her um and was very cautious and cleaned my hands lots but um uh, she's got before the lockdown um she she's a she was a very I, she's very intimate she's very close but she's goofy about it because i think as you get older there's a goofiness to her to the way she'll hug and kiss and it's with oh, I, I can't explain it it's very unusual i don't know if anybody else has this because i you know i only have one surviving grandmother but i think it's there's a there's a goofiness to her intimacy right and of course intimacy when she was young is different to intimacy when she was older and intimacy different as she's old now and different with grandchildren different with children different with so i just find that a very endearing trait so i think the intimacy of of of, of traveling with an older person is interesting to explore as that evolves it's a very unique intimacy in my experience i don't know if it is for anyone else but like there's just a for a woman yeah. who's so austere and and sort of like very sort of prim and proper there's a lovely sweet goofiness to her yeah and intimacy. i think imelda staunton would utterly bring mm. both of those things yeah. and i'd love to see david tennant in a part where he's not severe yes Do you know what i mean where, where yeah. he and it doesn't have to be massively intense this is something that lets him free up and and, and we can enjoy the fun side mm. and mm. and but also the really intimate and and mm. sort of gentle side of it so yeah, that was, he's often sort of on both sides of the spectrum, isn't he? He's either quite yeah. sort of, he's either with his serial killer eyes um, <laughs> or he's got this sort of um, this sort of exuberance and you can find this sort of reality sort of focus and yeah. narrow him down, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's Loch Doom. I love it. And I have a director in mind if you don't have a director in mind. Oh, no, go for it. Um, I, I, I met this, um, this guy in a class a long, long time ago. His name's Tim Barrow, and he's just um, released a trailer for his new film, Riptide. Um, and he did a, a, a sort of no-budget feature set. He's a Scottish director. He did a no-budget mm -hmm. um, feature set in Scotland um, called The Space Between, um, which you can probably find on DVD. But, his, uh, but Riptide has been a, a long time in the making, and he just released the trailer. And it's, sort of, it's nice to see... Uh, uh, his work and I think so you want someone who's on the uh, 
the cusp of their career who has something very personal to say, which I think yeah. he's that sort of director. So I just want to yeah. shout out to Tim Barrow because I think he's the sort of guy who could, you know, if you if you were looking for... Take it on. Yes. Hey, do you want, if you want to do it, <laughs> you've got the pitch yeah. there. Yeah, you've got three willing writers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All with three completely different ideas about what it should be like. Yeah, exactly. But, but that's, that's perfect. Yeah. Make it work. <laughs> yeah. So thanks for that, Dan. Um, uh, that's, that's a great idea. Um, thanks. Okay, thanks everyone. Um, that was uh, our special uh, isolation episode uh, of Slash Dupe, um, and I've had a lot of fun doing it. It's good to hook up with you guys, and it's it's wonderful yes. to sort of um, to get together digitally and sort of still have our fun, regardless of whether there's anyone listening on the other end. It's just good to do something <laughs> and to be together. That's true. Um, so uh, thanks, Dan, for uh, for lockdown. Oh, just a pleasure wonderful idea uh thank you for social distancing ryan it's okay no problem and uh, uh thank you for key workers thank yes. you very much um and i, I think i we want to say a big shout out and thank you not only to anyone who is doing their part like genuinely i mean you've heard all the slogans by now just by staying at home you're saving lives like we just want to thank everyone for uh, their sort of patience and camaraderie and everything but um, most importantly we want to thank the key workers and i know we 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 thank them on a thursday with a clap but we just want to give them a round of applause now just yeah. to sort of thank Thank you to the key workers. So we're um, we're hoping to improve our ability to connect with others remotely. Um, we're we're hoping to bring you some more of these episodes. So find people who uh, who are free and and able and and willing to to pitch in. So hopefully we'll be able to bring you some more regular episodes of Slash Sheep um, during the lockdown. Um, in the meantime, we have one from the archive uh, featuring Bradley Kershaw that we recorded just before the the lockdown went into effect. Um, so we'll pop that out for you guys at some point. So that will have the uh, the quality of uh, and the sort of the, the business of having everybody in the same room and then from then onwards we'll be um, be we'll the be brave new world Zoom. the brave new yeah. world <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so hopefully you'll stick with us during this and any any um, suggestions you can give us would be uh, more than welcome any feedback and don't forget to like and subscribe um, share it with your word. friends get them out we can be all be listening to podcasts now um, this is the time to be listening to definitely pictures of films you always wanted to make and and if and remember at the end of this whole thing uh, we pick a a winner it goes into the finals and we pick a winner that we actually make into a an actual film trailer that we will all be <laughs> making together one thing for me if you know anyone who is like a film critic or is in the industry you know we'd love to sort of have them come on do a special to judge all of the entries that we've had so far yeah we're looking for semi-finals um during semi-finals we want to we want an adjudicator someone who is um in the uh film industry or or, or the tv industry or any sort of media industry or or has a vested interest in what knows in films what we're doing <laughs> yeah yeah or just knows films, perhaps better just than a us. Person. <laughs> just a person. Yeah, just anyone, well, please. Anybody. <laughs> We're really lonely. <laughs> yeah, an adjudicator would be good to just maybe help see a professional eye from the way that the stuff that we've been putting out. Um, if you know anyone, you know, we've got our social channels, link them up, get them involved. Uh, and, you know, we can uh, put out a personal email address as well so that you guys can get in contact with us if you don't feel like reaching out on the socials either. And we just want to say, uh, stay safe, look after each other, stay sane, do whatever you need to, to stay sane, to stay safe, and uh, we'll see you uh, on the other side. Yeah.